and excellence in historical fiction. And that's one of the things we talked about was it's so hard to deal with real people, partly because you just, you don't want to misrepresent them. And you know that there are descendants still living today, most likely. So it's really tricky to deal with that as an author. But I do, um, I do enjoy reading them. And I do admire the authors who tackle them because I think it's a difficult, difficult task. Welcome to Historical Fiction Unpacked. I'm your host, Allison Treat. Hello, readers, and welcome back to the show. This is episode 12 of season six. And today, it's just me. You've got me alone on the show talking about my favorite reads of 2023. For a second, I forgot what year we were ending here. But as we're heading into um, American Thanksgiving tomorrow and the Black Friday weekend coming up, when you guys might be trying to get really good deals on all your Christmas gifts, I thought I would give you a little bit of a gift guide here and let you know what my favorite reads were this year. Now, this does not mean that the book released in 2023, just that I read it in 2023. Some of them did release this year, but others released previous years. So with that little caveat, we will get started. My number one book, I'm actually, they are really in no particular order. I will just share with you what I think were my favorite historical fiction reads of this year. My first one is when I read recently, The Truth According to Us by Annie Barrows. Now, friends, if you read and loved the Guernsey potato, the Guernsey... (laughs) I always forget because it's such a cumbersome title of a book. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society by Annie Barrows and her co-author, whose name I am forgetting right now. I got it, Marianne Schaefer. Um, This is another book by Annie Barrows, who was, you know, one of the authors of the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Now, I loved that novel, and I liked the movie a lot, too, but I did view the, the film quite a while after I read the book, so I don't know whether it's really close to the book or not. I mean, I think it's close, but I don't remember what the differences are. Anyway, this is a book just by Annie Barrows, because Marianne Schaefer actually passed away, and that's why Annie Barrows helped bring that original book to fruition. But this is a book completely by Annie Barrows, and I honestly loved it. So just, I'm going to give you some content warnings about these books, because if you're buying them for, um, you know, a friend or a young person, you want to know exactly what you're getting them. So with this book, The Truth According to Us, I would say that's more for adults. Um, even though it is from the perspective of a young girl, I think she is 12. It's really, really interesting. So because it's from the perspective of a 12-year-old girl, it almost has kind of like a to kill a mockingbird vibe. Um, and it's around the same time period, I want to say. It's set in 1938. Um, and I'll just read the description quickly. In the summer of 1938, Layla Beck's father, a United States senator, cuts off her allowance and demands that she find employment on the Federal Writers Project, a New Deal jobs program. Within days, Layla finds herself far from her accustomed social world, assigned to cover the history of the remote mill town of Macedonia, West Virginia, and destined, in her opinion, to go completely mad with boredom. 
Um, but that's kind of a setup, but it's from the perspective of the young, it's mostly pr- from the perspective of the, of the young 12-year-old girl who lives in the boarding house where Layla stays. And she kind of has the best perspective on what's going on in all the adults' lives. It's really interesting. Um, I listened to this book, the audiobook, and I loved it. I thought it was riveting. Um, but there is definitely some um, sexual content. It's not ter- It's not graphic, but you know, it's there, just so you know. Moving right along, my next pick was Letters from My Sister by Valerie Fraser Lussie. So this novel is set in the Deep South in the early 1900s, and it focuses on two sisters from a large, wealthy family, um, as well as the hired help that lives with them and kind of the lives that they they are living as well. So um, I just, I don't even know how to explain why I love this book so much. I think it's just Valerie did such a good job with the characters. I fell in love with them very early on. Now, the story, I did feel like it took a while for it to kind of pick up. Um, It's titled Letters from My Sister, but there aren't that many letters from her sister until pretty far into the book. So um, it's not really an epistolary novel or anything like that. It's not made up just of the letters. And the letters don't even come into play into, until later in the story. So, but it's definitely worth the read. It, it's, um, you know, it's published by Ravel. So it's a very clean book because um, that's a Christian publisher. But there's there are romance elements and there's just um, family love and kind of the, the juxtaposition of this wealthy family and their lives and the people who work for them and kind of what their lives are like. And there are just so many just lovely elements that I greatly enjoyed this one. Okay, the third book I want to talk about is When the Day Comes by Gabrielle Meyer. I had her, now I also had um, Valerie Fraser Lussie on the podcast, and I talked with Gabrielle, or Gabrielle Meyer um, also, and I love her Timeless series. It's amazing. So this is kind of a twofer here because I'm going to talk about When the Day Comes and that was the first installment in her series. I Sometimes you feel like a book is hyped so much that you don't think you're going to actually enjoy it as much as everyone tells you. Um, and, but this book, I mean, it it lived up to the hype and it sounds I I don't know I had somebody roll my roll their eyes at me when I told them the the premise of this book um, because they thought it just sounded a little hokey but I don't I don't know she pulled it off Gabriel Meyer pulled it off and it worked so it's about Libby who lives in two timelines she goes to sleep in one timeline and she wakes up in the other one so she lives each day twice once in 1774 Williamsburg Virginia and once in 1914. Um, but on her 21st birthday, she has to choose one time in which to live out the rest of her days. So part of the reason I love this is because we visited Colonial Williamsburg this summer. And so um, reading about it in a book, you know, I could picture everything that the author talked about. Um, but this is a book. It's also published by, I think it's Bethany House, um, but a Christian publisher. So it's clean and my 17-year-old 
daughter read it and she loved it also. So it is really a good book to get um, any like older teen girl or young adult or even older adult like myself, because there are just so many things to love about it. I think that it would be a really great pick to give as a gift. And then the second book in the series, I actually, I didn't like it as much, but it carries on the same kind of um, premise with different timelines. But, you know, it's called, the second one is called In This Moment. The reason I didn't like it as much was um, some of the messaging I felt about romance was a little bit maybe unrealistic. And that's just kind of like a pet peeve I have with (laughs) romance as it's depicted in novels. I don't want to give anything away. So I don't want to give too many details about that in regards to this book. But Gabriel Meyer is an author to watch. And I had heard so much about the series before I started reading it. Um, If you follow any Christian authors, it's just the buzz was all over the place. And the same is true for my next book, Only the Beautiful by Susan Meisner. Susan Meisner is someone I just admire so much. Her books are beautiful. You know, I've liked some of them better than others. This one, Only the Beautiful, which came out in the spring, it was amazing. It was just beautiful. Now it's not, again, it's not for, it might not be for teenagers. It depends on kind of what you want them to read, I guess, because there's no graphic um, descriptions of sex or anything like that. Um, I can't think if there's any profanity, but um, there are some adult situations, definitely. But it's about a young woman who has synesthesia. She sees colors with different sounds. And I think the way that Susan Meisner wrote about this was just amazing. She really showed what the protagonist sees when she hears different sounds. It was amazing. And um, the story is just heartrending because at that time, well, when, when was this set? Um, 1938. So it wasn't really, they didn't know much about it. So if people ever talked about this, they were thought to be crazy. And that's what happened with Rosie, the protagonist in this novel. I don't want to go into too many more details. It's just, it's really heartrending and tragic and beautiful and just a wonderful book. It's a really good book. So I would say like the Gabriel Meyer books, maybe give the first book in that series to a young, younger reader. And this one, Only the Beautiful is great for an adult woman to read because it's really, um, there are some situations that are adult and it's a little more heavy, but um, it's just, just beautiful. However, I do want to mention about, I forgot about um, Gabriel Meyer's books. There are some um, kind of difficult situations toward the end, I guess. So I would say an older teen, not a young teen should read those. Okay, friends, the next book on my list is The Queen's Secret by Karen Harper. So this is about the Queen Mother. That's Queen Elizabeth's mother, King George's wife. I I forget whether it's George II, um, but they called him Bertie. And it's it's amazing. This was during World War II, it was said. And the author really, (laughs) it was called The Queen's Secret, and the author really kept me guessing. Um, 
as to which secret was the secret that it was titled for. So, because every plot twist introduced a new one. Now, definitely, I felt that the author took liberties with Elizabeth Bowes Leon's story. That's the name of Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. And I'd be curious to know whether the print version has an author's note to kind of sort that out for us, because I did, I ended up having to go to the internet. I listened to the book, um, the audiobook version, and there was no author's note at the end to tell me what was real and what was fake. And I had to go to the internet to find out, like, is some of this real? Um, and some of it was definitely um, conjecture, I guess you would say. So I always, I love novelized books or novelized versions of, you know, a real event or about a real person. But I think they're they're so tricky. Um, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I taught a workshop on historical fiction and authenticity and excellence in historical fiction. And that's one of the things we talked about was it's so hard to deal with real people, partly because you just, you don't want to misrepresent them. And you know that there are um, descendants still living today, most likely. So it's really tricky to deal with that as an author. But I do, um, I do enjoy reading them. And I do admire the authors who tackle them because I think it's a difficult, difficult task. So this one would be a great gift for people who love the royal family. Um, It's definitely not for teenagers, as there are some adult situations, but anyone who loves the TV series The Crown would love this novel. Moving right along, the next book I want to bring to your attention is The Rose and the Thistle by Laura France. Now, I raved about this book kind of everywhere when I was when I read it because it's just beautiful. I I mean, I love Laura France. She is a Christian author. She publishes with Ravel. And um, this book was immersive is the best way to describe it. So it was set in Scotland in 1715. And, and it dealt with the Jacob, Jacobite uprising. Um, I cannot stop. I could not after I finished it, I couldn't stop thinking about it. The The characters are so true to life. The romance was heartrending. The descriptions put me right in the lowlands or in Edinburgh. Laura France, she just does such a good job weaving history into the story seamlessly. So to know ahead of time about this one, there's quite a bit of backstory before the action really starts. And so like the what's called in romance, the meet cute doesn't happen until a, you're kind of further into the book than you might expect. But it was definitely worth hanging around for. So maybe don't give it to your reluctant reader because they might not stick it out. But anyone who loves Scotland and England um, and that you know, history um, would, and also enjoys reading, would love to read this book. Okay, my next pick is The Call of the Wrens by Jenny L. Walsh. Now, I read this book on recommendation from a friend, and we're actually going to have Jenny on the show next season. So I'm excited about that, because it'll be, we'll be talking about her new book. But The Call of the Wrens, released in 2022, and the it's all about um this the little known women's royal navy service called the wrens in england um i had never heard about it before but it was it operated in england during both world wars and it was just a fascinating story featuring dual timelines so i love this book 
you, I think that it would be great for um, any, I don't want to say any age reader, but like older teenagers on up would enjoy this book. It, it is about women mostly, so probably girls and women would enjoy it the most. Okay, the next book, if you're if you're keeping track, I am on book number eight. And this is The Weight of Air by Kimberly Duffy. So you guys have probably heard me talk about Kimberly Duffy before. She's been on the show a couple times. And um, this book released in February of 2023. So The Weight of Air, um, out of Kim's books, this one was possibly my favorite. I really loved her first one, A Mosaic of Wings. And then the next two I liked a lot. But The Weight of Air was, I liked it just as much, if not more, than her first one, A Mosaic of Wings. So The Weight of Air is about a strong woman in the circus in 1911. Um, it was such an unusual premise and such an unusual like um, romance that, <laughs> that happened. and. I just loved the idea of this strong woman who was, you know, she's a lot bigger than a lot of other women, um, especially for that time. But it was just a beautiful, riveting story and such a different topic to read about. It was it was really great. And I think that um, it has a wide appeal to many different types of readers. Now, that book is um, published with a Christian publishing house, Bethany House. So, it's clean and probably fine to give to a teenager depending on the level of spice they like. It's obviously, it's not nothing graphic, but there is, um, there are some steamy kisses, definitely. Now, the next book is The Legacy of Longdale Manor by Carrie Taransky. And if you've been listening to the show, you know, I talked to her um, a month or two ago and it was just wonderful to read this. I mean, it's it's just so beautiful because partly it's the setting. It's set in the Lake District of England. Um, and it was a dual timeline, which I love. It was a very sweet romance. It was, and I just love the characters and the theme. They It had themes of fatherhood and forgiveness, which were just so poignant. And also I should mention that, that um, though a lot, a lot of these books are from Christian authors or a Christian publishing house, some of them are, are um, just clean and you don't really notice the Christian themes very much. This one is very much a Christian themed book. And I mean, I loved that part of it, of course, because I am a Christian, but just in case you'd want to know that when you're buying it. It is a great book to give to any female reader, probably from teenagers on up. So we've reached the final book, book number 10 on my list of the top 10 books I've read this year. And this one is Ordinary Grace by William Kent Kruger. Now, I I don't even know how to explain how much I loved this book. I mean, it is definitely not for, probably not for teenagers. Um, it deals with some pretty heavy themes. It was published in 2013. And I just, I don't know where it was all those 10 years that I missed it. Because it's the kind of book that I just love. It's so immersive. There are so many different parts to the story. I mean, just little details and things that happen in the story that would happen in um, the time in which it's set 
which is 1961. It's set in the year 1961, and it's set in this one summer, and it deals a lot with death. So it's not for the faint of heart. It's not like a happy, cheer me up kind of book. In fact, when I started listening to it, in the first couple chapters, I was kind of like, why did I why did I start this book right now? It's There's so much heaviness in the world. But I was glad that I listened to it in the long run, um, even though it's sad and tragic and difficult. Um, I just thought the author did an amazing, amazing job. Now, I've heard that maybe it's not as good in printed form because um the author tends to use like run-on sentences and some of those kind of ways that he would write irritated people who read it in print, but I did not notice them in when I was listening to it. So I find that I am not as critical as books when I'm listening to the audio, audio version. Um, I just tend to get really immersed in the story. Depend, I mean, really, if the, if the narrator is terrible or if the writing is awful, then of course, it won't work. But if the story's good, I get immersed in it and I don't notice the little details like I do when I'm reading the book from the page. Okay, my friends, that is all I have for you. I just have 10 books that I loved this year and that I recommend buying for some of the people on your list. So if you want to do that, the best way to do that is to go to the show notes because I will link to them. And if you buy them through my link, I get a little tiny little bit of commission. So that'd be super helpful to the show because, um, you know, it costs a little bit to keep the lights on here. So go to the show notes for those links. You can find them either in your podcast listening app or on my website, alisontreat.com slash blog. That's A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T dot com slash B-L-O-G. And while you're there, you might as well follow the link to sign up for my newsletter because every month in my newsletter, I talk about usually three books that I have really enjoyed. And so you can get kind of ideas and reviews like this all year long if you sign up for my newsletter. Also, make sure you subscribe to the show or follow it. If you use Apple Podcasts, it's called following the podcast now. So follow or subscribe. And if you think of someone who could use this show, some of these suggestions, if someone who buys you Christmas gifts needs to hear some of these suggestions, share this show with them. Um, Just take the link and send them a quick text, or you can always share it on social media as well. Well, my friends, we have come to the end of the episode. And in all this thinking about buying gifts, giving gifts, and all those things, I just want to remind you of the words of Anne Frank, who said, no one has ever become poor by giving. So invest in the gift of historical fiction for your friends and family this year. And I will be back with a guest next week. 